The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and X-Zone TV. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Dr. Stuart Jean Bromhall. We're going to be talking about her book, The Most Revolutionary Act, Memoir of an American Refugee. Dr. Bromhall is 62 years old. She is a child and adolescent psychiatrist who was born in Milwaukee and graduated from Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York. She became radicalized in her early 30s, owing in part to the extreme hardship of balancing a medical career with single motherhood, and in part to a growing awareness of her client's difficulties stem from profound economic and social deprivation that she was helpless to address with psychiatric treatment. Most of her activism uh, was has focused on the 20-year movement to create a national single prayer, I'm sorry, payer health care system in the United States, Prior to immigrating to New Zealand in 2002, she was a private practice psychiatrist in Seattle for 20 years and before that in Chico, California for five years. She currently resides in New Plymouth and that is in a New Zealand exonation and for the last eight years has worked as a psychiatrist for the New Zealand National Health Service. She is also on the national executive of the Green Party of, I, I can't pronounce that name, so we'll just say someplace in New Zealand. She is a single and has one daughter, a PhD candidate in health service technology program at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Her website, www.stuartbromhall.com. And uh, Dr. Bromhall will be with me on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035 is toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. I'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.x. ZBN.net. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. And welcome back, everyone. Dr. Stuart Jean Bromhall is our special guest. She is the author of The Most Revolutionary Act, Memoir of an American Refugee. Her website is www.stuartbromhall.com. Uh, first of all, doctor, welcome to the Exxon. It's great having you with us all the way from New Plymouth, New Zealand here. Um, and I was wondering if you could explain to us the subtitle of your book, Memoir of an American Refugee. Well, it's it's my feeling that I'm um, here in New Zealand um, for the last eight years, mainly for um, political reasons. Uh, it has uh, a lot to do with um, economic changes that have happened in the United States with the war on um, terrorism mm-hmm. um, th- that really um, caused a lot of cutbacks um, to actually 49 of the 50 states, and it really affected me um, because I saw a lot of low-income, mentally ill people who were getting their health care paid for through Medicaid and Medicare, and that was basically cut off with the war on terrorism. So that's that's a big part of my immediate decision to come here. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I also went through a long period starting in 1987 where uh, I was uh, experiencing some personal harassment by the, the U.S. government for my political activities. And that is basically the subject of my book, The Most Revolutionary Act. If you don't mind me asking, Doctor, what was some of the harassment that you were subjected to by the government? Well, it, it started as really, really intense phone harassment. At first, I was getting um, uh, about 15 calls a day, and these would be hang-up calls and wrong numbers mm-hmm. where people would giggle and hang up. Um, there would be obscene phone calls. There would be calls from people that weren't direct um, death threats, but they were continually trying to sell me burial plots and funeral insurance. And uh, so it was really a very, a very clear implied threat. Why would, the that, gov- why would the government stoop so low into doing that to a citizen? Well, I don't know. I, I can't answer a lot of these questions. And um, this is one reason why I postponed writing my memoir for 20 years wow. is because I was trying to figure out exactly who was doing this and why they were doing that. Uh, uh, the best explanation I could come up with is, is that it started immediately after I became involved in working with two former Black Panthers who were trying to, um, uh, they, were, they had occupied a school to transform it into an African-American heritage museum. And as a, uh, um, a psychiatrist with money and social status, uh, I was helping them. And apparently that was really perceived as a threat. And it's, it's my belie- belief that that's why it started. So much for democracy. I, well, I, I, um, I read everything I could on this subject. And I, Ward um, um, Churchill in the COINTELPRO um uh, Papers has written about how the the FBI did the same thing to the movie actress um, Jean Simmons when she was giving financial support to the Black Panthers. That he just really harassed her to death, you know, with the same kind of phone harassment. And because she was a very public figure, he would um, what he did is he would um, get all these gossip columnists to put. Um, uh, rumors in their uh, in their columns, and there, you know, Hoover had spread this rumor that actually she was pregnant by one of the Black Panthers, and both Simmons and her um, and her uh, husband ended up uh, committing suicide as a result result of it, because it's really quite brutal what they were put through, and so that that is the assumption that I made it that it was directed towards that. Isn't it really unusual for a child psychiatrist to be so radical? Uh, no, I, I, do, I don't really think so. I think um, the problem we have in the United States is, is that the, the left is virtually uh, invisible because they really, mm-hmm. they're really strongly censored in the press. When you do read about um, coverage... Uh, of um, various kind of protests or issues that the left take on. They're, they're really um, made out to be um, radical uh, kooks, basically. If they, you know, usually they're just ignored. Um, recently, I think um, 
I think his name is Gibbs. He's he's one of Obama's spokespeople, and he has said that we're all on drugs. Um, he's just said that in the in the last week or so, um, because you know, basically it's it's over this dispute we're having with the Obama administration over his health care program, and he's he's basically saying that we're all on drugs and we won't be happy until we have a Canadian style health care system. So that so that makes it very hard for people to come forward as. Um, as leftists, but there there really is a lot going on in the United States. I mean, there there's more than a million people who are very active, you know, in you know mainly at the community level, and but to some extent at the national level, trying to bring about um, genuine change in the United States. And because people don't see it, they just assume that it's not happening. So tell me, Doctor, what was your motivation in writing the most revolutionary act? Oh uh, well. Um, Initially, I was really pissed off. <laughs> I was really quite angry because uh, it was quite frightening uh, mm-hmm. what had been what had been done what had been done to me. Um, and then um, there was a number of bestsellers that came out by Greg Pallast and uh, um, uh, 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 Tarpley and uh, a, num- a number of others. Um, really showing that what they're called now is called um, state crimes against democracy, that the U.S. government was, uh, especially in their intelligence and security service, was really involved in a lot of critical activity. And I would see all these people buying these best-selling books, and I thought, oh, oh, good, you know, people are going to finally get involved, they're going to get organized, they're going to do something. But it didn't. It didn't happen. You know. Uh, in fact, uh, Naomi um, Wolf talks about something called outrage fatigue, where people just hear all this stuff and it becomes so overwhelming that uh, they figure they can't do anything about it. And I thought, well, you know, um, you know, maybe um, if it was more, uh, you know, personal and uh, as mm-hmm. a memoir. Um, that it would it would be a way to show people that the left is out uh, is out here and that people do organize and um, in some way to make us less invisible. You know, some of the occurrences you describe in your book seem pretty far fetched. Um, how do most people react, and do they accuse you of being paranoid? Oh yeah, I, they do. And when when it first started happening, I was I was really paranoid. Um, I had a couple of instances where people tried to run me down with their with their car, and wow. um, that made me really scared. Um, that's really it's really hard to figure out how to deal with that kind of thing. And when you're bombarded with so many ca- uh, calls, and then I had people stalking me, and I had people stealing my mail, and I had people breaking in, you you get into a state of mind that if anything bad happens to you, you you want to. Uh, attribute it to whoever it is that's doing all of this stuff, uh, and um, what what I did um, back in uh, in 1988 is I started actually keeping a log of um, every time something happened that mm-hmm. I thought might be attributed to whoever these people were. I would write it down, write down the people involved. And that way I, I began to see a pattern, whether it was real or if it was just bad luck or just a, just a coincidence. But it, there's no question I was really paranoid when it first, uh, when it first started. Doctor, um, did you write... Is, Go ahead, dear. 
I can't explain. I can't explain who's doing it. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, or why they're doing it, or uh, why it would continue. Now, it, I it, I haven't had the problem at all since I've been in New Zealand. I you know I I continued to get these uh, prank phone calls and um, hang up calls until the week I left for uh, New Zealand. But it's not happening here, and in my mind, that tells me that I'm not. I'm not paranoid. There was definitely something going on when I was living in Seattle. Did you ever go to the police or other law enforcement agencies? And if so, what did they say? Well, I did. Um, I um, the the police are really not a uniform force. Um, uh, I worked with one detective in 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 homicide because I. Uh, I had a situation where I had three patients who were labor activists who um, died under very suspicious circumstances, and I felt the evidence was really clear that they had been murdered, and so I did work with him on that rather than my own my own specific issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with another um, individual in the police who, who felt that um, the harassment I was experiencing was related to some research that I was doing in AIDS and about AIDS and HIV. This is back in the 1980s. Right. And he, he told me to quit doing that. He said that that was very dangerous and that I, I should stay away from it. All right, doctor. Um, I, I, doctor, you and I have to take a commercial break. I, I hate to interrupt you because I know how important the story is and we will get back to it, doctor, as soon as we get back from the news break. Please stand by and thank you very much for joining us. It's a great pleasure talking to you. Explanation, our special guest is Dr. Stuart Bromhall, www.stuartbromhall.com. And uh, Dr. Bromhall is the author of The Most Revolutionary Act, Memoir of an American Refugee. And the good doctor and I will return on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Stand by, please. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Exonation. 
Dr. Stuart Bramhall is our special guest. www.stuartbramhall.com. That's S-T-U-A-R-T-B-R-A-M-H-A-L-L. Com. And uh, Dr. Bromhill is the author of The Most Revolutionary Act, Memoir of an American Refugee. And Doctor, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about um, how some of the occurrences that you describe in your book seem pretty far-fetched. And um, I-, I was asking you about how most people react. And have you ever been accused of being paranoid? And And you told us how you started chronicling all these all these different events and to and you know sure enough this wasn't you being paranoid and that you went to law enforcement and basically they did butkus well you could you could pay twenty five dollars um, to go to the Seattle police and have them put a trap on 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 your phone in order to find out the phone numbers these were coming mm-hmm. from. And I, I also I also tried that, but then it's at the discretion of the, the police whether they want to give you the information oh, that they sake. come up with. So we we tried that. And see, the, the problem is, is, is um, I was also involved in a, um, in a sit-in at the University of Washington, and... Um, that was uh, when the when I would when the phone harassment became most in, intense, mm-hmm. and my, uh, I was I was uh, what 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 had happened is the the police uh, basically started uh, beating up on one of the demonstrators and then they arrested him, which is kind of a common pattern in Seattle: is that police beat up on you, then they arrest you. And um, so, so let me get this straight. What they do is yeah. they, they they get you for resisting arrest before you're even arrested. Right. And and I um, um, basically um, myself and one of the other demonstrators, we stood in the doorway to mm-hmm. basically block the block the officers who were trying to drag this guy outside to the patrol car. And uh, as a result, I had my page, uh, my picture on the front page of the Seattle uh, Post Intelligencer, and I was charged for um, obstruct, uh, obstructing a, a peace officer. So when the phone harassment first started, I mm-hmm. assumed that the the police were were part of it, and that the harassment was just coming from the police because there were there were other members of the African American community that this happened to. When they were involved in demonstrations and, um, and they actually fought these charges of being uh, resisting arrest, what 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 we did? I worked for Mothers Against Police Harassment for a long period of time, and yes. what typically happened is we would get the charges dropped, and then we would sue the police, and um, we would usually win. And so, what would happen is there would be a lot of phone harassment during that time. I, you know, I had a lot of clients who had phone harassment, and there were other people I worked with in Mothers Against Police Harassment who had it. So I just thought the um, it was the the Seattle police who were harassing me. So it didn't really surprise me that they weren't going to tell me who was making these calls um, after. After um, I started having my mail stolen and had a lot of people stalking me, and then I had um, the thing that really bothered me is that I would have people come to my office who would pose as patients that clearly weren't patients, Um, and that that put me in a real bind because um, 
as a as a doctor, I have a certain duty of care, and if I just terminate yes. a patient, I can I can be sued for abandonment. So it, it always put me in a real difficult situation when when it was really clear these people were making their symptoms up and had some oh, kind geez. of agenda in in seeing me. Um, I th- I thought well. This is, uh, I don't think that the Seattle police are big enough mm-hmm. to organize something like this. You know, it was my impression that was there had to be some kind of national security agency involved. And at that time, the only two I knew of were the FBI and, and CIA. And, um, you know, I later learned that in 1987, there were about 12 federal agencies. I'd never even heard of the National Security Agency. They're the big uh, EO. And and there was defense. There were 12 of them that Mm -hmm. spied on American citizens, but I didn't know it at that time. Um, Plus the fact they were also using a number of uh, private contractors even then. So it's, it's very, very likely that they paid some private contractor to make all these uh, phone calls and to follow me. Um, so I, I really began to have a sense that it went much further than the, than, than the, than the police. Doctor, there, I, go ahead. I, I'm so, I was just going to say there's a lot of liberals and progressives uh, that are really critical of so-called conspiracy theorists for wasting time and energy trying to prove conspiracies they won't ever be able to prove. Now, when should uh, when they should be fighting much more serious problems, such as the war in the Middle East on civil liberties at home? What is your take uh, on this th- on this entire uh, scenario? Do you think? No, I, I have, I'm going to answer this question based you know, because uh, based on what we uh, what we've said. It's it's my belief that you believe that. There are conspiracies against the citizens of the United States that are being perpetrated by its very own government. Yeah, and I, I, I really, I'm, I'm really grateful to Project Censored because it's my understanding that they now they don't call it conspiracies anymore. It's called a scab or a state crime against democracy, uh, and I, I think it's more, more helpful to refer it. To it that way because that accepts the reality that the government does do the, the these kind of things and I, I I agree with liberals and progressives who say we have to be really careful not to spend too much time trying to research mm-hmm. thing these things and prove that they really happened I think you know we're we're never going to see the truth about scads on the six o'clock news. I think I would think we really have to accept that, and the, and Obama is not going to get up and admit from the White House lawn that these things are happening. I think we need to accept that. I think there is some importance in creating historical record, and that's why I think that a, a lot of the academics and journalists mm-hmm. who research these scads and document them and publish them on the net, internet. I think what they're doing is they're creating an alternative um, history. You know, so for our children and our grandchildren, there will be a written record that this really happened. We don't have to accept the the official government or corporate history anymore. We can we can create our own history. But I, you know, as for myself, I feel it is more important to continue to be involved in grassroots activities rather than spending a lot of time researching uh, researching conspiracies. 
Is it possible? Is it possible that President Obama may not actually be aware of the of the um, the misuse of justice that is being perpetrated against citizens of the United States? That he may, in fact, be oblivious to all this, and that it's the 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 handlers or the the real power behind the government that is actually doing this. Um, yes, yes, and no. There is a real power behind the government, mm-hmm. and Obama knows exactly who it is. And I think he has limited power to do anything about it. Tell me about the Department of Defense having be, having created HIV/AIDS. Yeah, I was told. Um, uh, I was told to stop my AIDS research in 1987 by one of the police officers who came out to my home after one of the break-ins, and I was told the same by one of the health um, editors at one of the minority newspapers. Now, my research into AIDS was didn't concern the origin of the AIDS virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it concerned a novel treatment. I don't know if you've ever heard of the drug Tegamet. It's an ulcer drug that's really incredibly cheap. And there was this guy in East Germany that was doing some research um, uh, using Tegamet in, in very early HIV infection, and absolutely no one was doing this research in the United States. Instead, they were um, promoting this um, AZT, which was this new drug that cost $2,000 a month, and I just could not figure this out. Why are they only researching a drug that costs $2,000 a month when when you can give somebody uh, with early HIV Tagamet for $25 a month and keep them from developing full-blown infection? Um, I think what happened is after I was involved in this sit-in that somebody started tapping my phone and they heard me making a bunch of calls to all these reporters about AIDS and they, they assumed that I was trying to promote information about the uh, origin of AIDS and I, I wasn't. It was about AIDS treatment but I think that was responsible for some of the um, harassment as there was mis- a misunderstanding about what I was actually doing. I didn't find out about the Department of Defense role in um, the origin of HIV until much later. It was actually in the 1990s that I found out about it. And now, the, the, the way I found out is, is that um, during this time that people were, were trying to run me over with their car, there were a couple of people in Illinois who died. Um, one was um, Ted Strecker. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Strecker Memorandum. Yes, I have. Well, he uh, he died in early 1988 um, under very suspicious circumstances uh, with a shotgun wound to his head. And his brother, who was a doctor, um, 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 swore up and down to the police that the guy wasn't suicidal. He was looking forward to his next TV interview. But the... You know, as often happens in these cases, is they're they're not they're not investigated. And I I know of one particular instance where one of my patients, where the murder wasn't investigated, because um, the postal inspectors, which is actually one of a, an intelligence security operation, they came in and they seized the whole evidence file from the the Seattle police, and it went down a black hole. You know, so it's hard to say it's not always the fault of the police that these murders aren't investigated. The other person who died in 1988 was Douglas Hoff, who was a legislator in the Illinois state 
Illinois state legislature, he supposedly died of a heroin overdose, which uh, seems very unlikely, uh, particularly since it, it's rather hard to die of a heroin overdose. Doctor, in your book, you describe yourself as being admitted to a psychiatric hospital as a victim of some kind of mind control experiment. Now, what makes you so sure it just wasn't a psychotic episode? Well, um, I saw I saw a psychologist after I left the hospital who um, was a, actually a VA psychologist who had a mm-hmm. Veterans Administration psychologist who had a private practice. And he um, he worked a lot with veterans who were uh, in Cambodia when it was illegal to be in Cambodia. Um, that that put a lot of our um, American troops in a very difficult situation because um, they when they returned to the United States, those people used to get regular threats from the the, the CIA would come and see them and and basically threaten them and threaten their families if they talked about any of their experiences in Cambodia. And he'd worked with those people. And it was his feeling that um, I did have some really strange experiences um, in 1987 um, that resulted in my hospitalization. But he felt they were due to post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, And I'm sure you've heard of that, right? Sure. Yeah. And um, he... He felt he was also really concerned about a relationship I had with an African-American man who re- he really felt was uh, what would you call an undercover operated who was really, really playing mind games with me and uh, was responsible for a lot of the strange things that were happening that were a little bit like a dissociative episode that you get with uh, PTSD. Do you know what a, po- a dissociative episode is? No, but you're going to have to tell me when we come back from this commercial break. Please stand okay. by. Yeah. Exonation Dr. Stuart Bramhall is our special guest, www.stuartbramhall.com. She is the author of The Most Revolutionary Act, Memoir of an American Refugee, and the good doctor and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? 
Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Explanation, Dr. Stuart Bromhall is our guest, stuartbromhall.com. Doctor, what can people do to to try and expose what is going on and how certain citizens in the United States are, are being harassed and targeted by the very government that is supposed to protect them? Well, um, I don't think that they... Um, I, think, I think that that's really covered right now um, as far as, um, you know, Alex Jones is doing some great, great stuff and... Um, uh, a lot of authors are coming out with best-selling books as far as how this is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that um, right now, especially with the economic collapse, that what people need to do is to um, to basically organize uh, so that... Um, they're not totally controlled by the government and by the corporations that seem to have total control over the government. And I've come to the belief that it doesn't really matter what, what your politics are. It doesn't matter whether you're conservative or whether you're progressive or whether you're um, leftist. And it's not even important to join a, a, a political group. I think that there's a lot of really valuable uh, community organizing that's going on right now. So if you just want to go uh, next door and see your n- neighbor and organize your street or organize your 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 block, because I I don't think the economy is going to get better, mm-hmm. and so um, we you know we we all lead really really individual lives right now, and I think the the solution is for people to get more uh, civically involved and community involved. And I can give some suggestions, you know, if you think that would be worthwhile. Sure, we've got about uh, one minute. Um, I I think um, that um, people should organize for the economy getting worse. And just to call a a meeting in, in their neighborhood and have one person organize the generators and one person organize the wood and one person organize the water and one person to look after the senior citizens and make sure their gas is turned off. I think that's uh, a very 
important form of uh, organizing. And I think the moment that people get together and do something as a group, they begin to have some voice mm -hmm. that stands out in opposition to the government and to the major corporations. Doctor, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Where can people get copies of your book? Well, the best thing is to go to my website at uh, stewardbramhall.com. Doctor, take care of yourself. I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the Exxon. Exxon Nation, Dr. Stuart Bromhall has been my Thank special you. guest. Her website is stuartbromhall.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. Don't go away. <laughs> 